I'm Pastor Richard Gamble, and the following message is made available by First Baptist Church of Bastrop, Louisiana. To find out more about First Baptist Bastrop, go to www.firstbastrop.org. That's www.firstbastrop.org. Well, let's start by going to the Lord in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your holy, inspired, and inerrant word. And Lord, as we work, open your word today and we, as we study from it, Lord, we pray that you would write its eternal truth on all our hearts. Lord, we thank you for the assurance of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We thank you that he rose physically, bodily, from the grave. He was crucified for our sins, dead and buried and raised again. We thank you for the assurance of that. But we can believe that and trust in that because of the testimony that you have preserved for us in Scripture. So Lord, we thank you. And Lord, we pray that you would open our hearts to see your word today, to understand it, to celebrate the resurrection. And Lord, I pray if there's any today who've struggling with the, the fact of the resurrection, Lord, open their hearts to see today. Let them see the evidence, weigh the, the truth, the facts, and believe in Jesus Christ. And these things I pray in Christ's name. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, turn with me to Mark chapter 15. Mark chapter 15, we're continuing our study here in Mark. We've been going through the, the passion narrative in the book of Mark over the last few weeks. We come now to those final few chapters looking at the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. So Mark chapter 15. Today we'll be looking at 1540 through chapter 16, verse 8. And if you don't have a Bible of your own, you can grab one of the Pew Bibles there and turn to page 801 in the Pew Bible. It's page 801 in the Pew Bible. And if you don't have a Bible, if you just don't have one at home or anywhere else, we, we invite you to take that Pew Bible with you. That's our gift to you today because we want everybody to have a copy of God's Word, so please take that and use it. It will certainly bless your life. Today we celebrate our King is risen. Amen? Our King is risen, and we believe this, and we celebrate the fact that Jesus Christ has risen bodily, physically from the grave. We trust in that as believers, but we recognize that, that many people struggle with that. Many people struggle with the, the truth of the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ because, I mean, really, that's, it's something that's extraordinary, right? It's not ordinary for someone to be resurrected from the dead. It's not ordinary. It's extraordinary, it's not natural, but it is supernatural. So people today struggle with that, and, and many people just deny it outright. They deny the resurrection of Jesus outright. They just say, well, it was a scam by the church. 
And so the apostles, they just organized this big scam. They wanted to start this new religion based upon Christ's teachings. And so they, they organized this massive scam that took over 500 people to kind of corroborate and, and get, get with the program right and, and build this new religion from this scam. And so some people just deny it altogether. Other people, they spiritualize the resurrection. Well, Jesus really didn't rise from the dead. It wasn't a, a physical bodily resurrection, but he was, he was raised in the disciples' hearts. And so Jesus lives on in your hearts. And so they deny the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ by spiritualizing it. It's just a spiritual resurrection, but not a real physical resurrection. But when we look at the evidence, right? When we look at the overwhelming evidence of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we can trust and believe that Jesus Christ really was crucified he died on that cross. He really was buried. And he really was raised physically, bodily from the grave. And now he reigns as king over his kingdom at the right hand of his father in heaven. All of the gospels, including Mark, make this absolutely clear. And they provide the evidence for us. So today, I want us to look at the Gospel of Mark and this account in Mark, and I want us to see and believe the evidence of Jesus' resurrection, and then go and tell. Go and tell others. See and believe the evidence of Jesus' resurrection, and then go and tell others of his resurrection. Hey, that's what we're called to do. So I want us to do that today. Here we see in this section of, of Mark's gospel, Mark makes three su uh, supported truth claims about Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And so we're going to see that. Now in our Good Friday service, for those of y'all who weren't here with us, we learned that Jesus Christ was forsaken on the cross for our sake. He, there on Calvary's cross, paid the full penalty for our sin in our place. He became our substitute. And God poured out, out upon Jesus Christ the full penalty for our sin. And he paid that penalty for us in our place so that we might be reconciled to God. Our sins made us enemies of God. But Jesus Christ reconciled us to God by paying the penalty for our sin in our place. So, dear friend, though, though you may be an enemy of Christ, maybe you're here today and you're still an enemy of God. You're still living in your sin. I want to assure you that you can be reconciled to God if you only look to Jesus. Trust the evidence of Scripture. Look to Jesus, believe in him, and you will be a friend of God. So today, I want us to see the evidence of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, and believe. Well, as we begin our, our look through the gospel here, Mark's account of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, 
Mark first makes clear that Jesus, sure enough, died. Jesus died. Uh, some have tried to deny that Jesus even died. They said, well, he, he, was, he was almost dead, but he didn't really die. He was half dead, and they took him off the cross. They put him in the tomb, and then he resuscitated and went on about life. And so Jesus really didn't die. Fewer and fewer people are believing that today. You look at the scholarly research and fewer scholars believe that today because the evidence is overwhelming. But there still are some out there who try to deny that Jesus even died. But we see here that Jesus really did die and the evidence is here. Mark records the evidence for us. First in verse 37, it says that Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. There on the cross, he uttered a loud cry. And Friday night, we, heard, we understood that that last cry was, It is finished! Because his mission, his purpose that the Father had given him had been accomplished. And when that mission was accomplished, Jesus cried out, It is finished! And he breathed his last Jesus died and we have a number of witnesses to the death of Jesus Christ first of all we see in our text that we see the the witness of women the women there witnessed the death of Jesus Christ picking up in verse 40 there were also women looking on from a distance among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James the younger and Joseph and Salome when he was in Galilee they followed him and ministered to him and there were also many other women who came up with him to Jerusalem now this we, we don't get this we, we kind of miss this when we're kind of reading through the gospel but it, it's amazing that the gospel writers and especially Mark here brings out that these women this group of women were there and they witnessed the death of Jesus Christ why is this so amazing well you you, you remember that the, the the critics say that Christianity was created by this group of men the apostles it was the 12 apostles who come up with this idea when Jesus was crucified. They come up with this scam to kind of build this new religion. And, and so they say it was the 12 apostles who devised all of this. And they're the one who spread the lie that Jesus resurrected from the dead. But nevertheless, we see in, in the Gospels, they don't record the apostles standing there at the feet of Jesus, witnessing Jesus dying on the cross no it was a group of women i mean think about that these apostles who were supposed to build this scam come up with this scam to start this new religion uh, they record in all four gospels they record that the the 12 apostles that were supposed to start this religion all cowered away and ran they were all in hiding only one of the apostles was there and that was the apostle john he was there john's gospel records that he was there but all of the others they fled they left him yet they all record that these women were there now just think about that if you were a man and you were going to found this new religion 
Would you admit that you were a coward and ran away with your tail tucked between your legs and you hid in the, the, the darkness while the women were brave enough to go out there and witness Jesus dying on the cross? I mean, this is magnificent. This is an evidence that Jesus really did die on the cross. The women witnessed this. And the women's witness will grow even more significant as we move through our text. But the women witnessed the death of Jesus Christ, but also we, we see here as we continue through, we see Pilate, Pilate inquired about Jesus' death. Verse 42, and when e evening had come, since it was the day of preparation, that is, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the council, that is the Sanhedrin, who was also himself looking for the kingdom of God, took courage and went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Pilate was surprised to hear uh, that he, he should have already died and summoned the centurion and asked, he asked him whether he was already dead. And when he had learned from the centurion that he was dead, he granted the corpse to Joseph. And so here, Joseph of Arimathea, he goes to Pilate and he says, Hey, I want to bury Jesus. Can I have his body? Pilate's surprised. Wow, he's, he's dead already? He's gone already? Is that so? And, and so Pilate, he's got to make sure, right? He, he's not just going to grant this and, and let, it be, let it be taken off early. He, he needs to make sure. And so he inquires. He calls in the centurion. And then what does the centurion do? The centurion confirms that Jesus certainly died. He confirms that Jesus was dead. Now, uh, this is especially significant because the centurion uh, the centurion was the officer in charge the centurion was a roman officer who was in charge of about a hundred roman soldiers and, and this particular centurion we see here was in charge of making sure that jesus and the other two thieves who were crucified with him were put to death that was his job he was responsible for making sure they were dead. And, and you, you need to understand that in those times, when a, a soldier, when a Roman soldier was charged with a task, if he failed to carry out that task, oh, it was bad. It was bad. And especially in a case where he was charged with carrying out an execution, if that Roman soldier didn't carry out that execution, guess what? He was executed. It meant death for him. In fact, we see this in Acts. Acts chapter 12, Herod there had the, the apostle James uh, martyred, right? He had him executed, and then he had Peter arrested, and as Peter was arrested and put in, in prison, he intended to have Peter killed as well. But then at night, an angel of the Lord came into the prison, caused a heavy sleep to fall upon the, the soldiers who were guarding Peter. And he went in and he opened up all the doors and he said, come on, Peter, 
It's not your time yet. Come on, I'm getting you out of here. And, and the angel of the Lord broke Peter out. And the next morning, when Herod called to have Peter brought out to be executed, there was a great stir because they couldn't find Peter. Where did Peter go? He was not there. And so what, what happened? Well, in Acts chapter 12, verse 19, it says that Herod examined the, the sentries, the guards, in order that they should be put to death. They let Peter escape. They didn't carry out their duty. They had a job to do and they didn't accomplish it. They let Peter escape and so off with their heads. And so that the centurion comes in and confirms, yes, Jesus is dead, that is significant. You see, if those Roman soldiers especially the centurion in charge of the Roman soldiers, had they not carried out their task of executing Jesus, it would have been, meant death for every one of them. But the centurion comes in, when Pilate inquires, the centurion comes in and says, yes, Jesus is dead. John reported that the Roman soldiers charged with executing Jesus, made, even made sure that he was dead. In John's gospel, John chapter 19, verses 31 through 34, since it was the day of preparation, so, and so that the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for the Sabbath was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. To break their legs was to hasten their death. Verse 32, So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and, and of the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he, had, he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. So to make sure Jesus was dead, to make sure they accomplished their, their task of executing Jesus, to make sure he was dead, one of the soldiers took a spear, stuck it up underneath Jesus' ribs, pierced his lungs all the way to his heart to make sure he was dead. Jesus died on Calvary's cross we can be assured of that Jesus died by crucifixion he died paying the full penalty for our sin in our place he was dead Jesus died on the cross second Mark here provides solid evidence that Jesus did indeed die on the cross but he also showed us that Jesus was for sure buried he was also buried we see that Joseph of Arimathea comes and asks for his body, and then Joseph goes and he buries Jesus. Picking up in verse 46, And Joseph bought a linen shroud, and taking him down, taking Jesus down, wrapped him in the linen shroud, and laid him in a tomb that had been cut out of the rock. And he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Here again, Mary Magdalene, and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. And so here we see that Joseph of Arimathea, 
he took, went and he got Jesus' body and he buried Jesus. Joseph buried Jesus. Now, Joseph's actions here were quite bold. When you begin to look at, at all of the, the story here, everything that's taking place, his actions are extraordinary. We see here that he was a, prom, a prominent member of the Sanhedrin Council, the very council that had sought to execute Jesus in the first place. Though as Luke records, he, he did not consent to the Sanhedrin's decision and action in crucifying Jesus, but nevertheless, he was a part of that group. Matthew and John tells us that Joseph was a, a secret disciple of Jesus. He followed Jesus, but he didn't want anybody to know it. If the Sanhedrin knew that Joseph himself was a follower of Jesus Christ, they would have kicked him off of the council for sure and probably kicked him out of the temple, not even allowed him to be there. And so it was very bold for him to do that because at this point in time, he didn't care about that, right? He didn't care whether or not he was kicked off the council or not. He didn't care about his livelihood. He didn't care about anything. He is just following what he knows needs to be done, and he is taking that chance, and he is going to bury Jesus. That Joseph takes this bold step, shows us that Jesus certainly was dead and that he buried him. He buried him and he, he wrapped him. He, he did what normal, uh, went through the normal burial process for the, the Hebrews of the day. He wrapped him in this linen shroud, which would have taken hours to have accomplished, right? It wasn't just a, a, a couple of minutes and then throw him in a hole, right? It, it took hours to prepare the body. He had to wash the body of Jesus to clean it from all of the blood and all of the, every, the torment that Jesus went through, right? He had to clean the body, purify it, anoint it with oils and, and fragrances, and then wrap the body. It took time. But not only was it, this wasn't a one-man job either, right? It took several people probably. We, we certainly know, John again records for us, that uh, uh, Nicodemus helped Joseph wrap Jesus' body. So we know he had at least one helper, but there was likely even others there present as Joseph was preparing the, the body of Jesus for burial. And so certainly if Jesus was still alive, they would have recognized that. They would have known that. But he was dead. And they prepared his body for burial. And then they laid him in a tomb. Right? They had to pick him up, pick up his body, tote it a distance, and put it in a tomb. Not only that, but then they rolled the stone over the entrance of the tomb. They, they had to put something over the entrance to keep the critters out and to keep robbers out. And so they put a, a stone, a heavy, heavy stone over the entrance of the tomb, a task that would have taken a couple of men to actually get that over there at least. And of course, we know from other gospel accounts not only were, were Joseph and Nicodemus there to roll the stone over the entrance of the tomb, but there were even soldiers there who were there present to make sure that Jesus' body was put in the tomb and the tomb was sealed, and they were there watching guard over the tomb because they were afraid the disciples might come and steal his body away. 
And so we see here the evidence that Jesus was actually buried. He was dead and buried in a tomb. And here again are the women. Here again are the women who witnessed the burial of Jesus. They're right there with him the whole way. They never leave Jesus. But they witness Jesus being buried. They see where they lay him. These tombs were holes in the mountain that were, were kind of dug out and, and there would be several slots in, in that, that, uh, that cave that the, the tomb was, was carved into. And so the women go in and they see where they lay Jesus because they have plans, right? They're coming back in a couple of days and they're going to continue to take care of the, of the body of Jesus. So the women witness the burial of Jesus Christ. Jesus was buried in a known tomb. He was buried in a known tomb. Yet another proof that Jesus certainly died on the cross. As one commentator states, the burial of Jesus by Joseph of Arimathea has a very strong claim of authenticity since it is unlikely that the church would have invented a story in which a member of the council that had vehemently condemned Jesus now steps forward to give him an honorable burial. Jesus died on the cross and was buried. So Jesus died and was buried in a tomb, a known tomb. But... The tomb, at last, was a borrowed tomb. If you borrow something, you don't intend to keep it, do you? If you borrow it and don't give it back, it's not borrowing, it's stealing. Jesus wasn't stealing the tomb, he was borrowing the tomb. He had full intentions of giving the tomb back, and so he did. Jesus borrowed the tomb, for Mark tells us that Jesus has risen. Jesus has risen. Picking up in verse 16 there. Let's read the rest of it. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, here's those women again. Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying to, to one another as they were going there, Who will roll away the stone for us for the entrance, from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe. And they were alarmed. And he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him, but go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. And they went out. And fled from the tomb, for, uh, for trembling and astonishment had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Here then, on that first morning, 
on resurrection morning as the women go to to anoint Jesus' body, to take care of Him, to pour on perfume on His body. They're asking themselves, how are we going to get this stone out from over the hole? I mean, here we are, just a couple of, of women folk, and, and that's, that's a big rock, right? We can't move it. Who is going to move this thing for us? So they're discussing that, trying to figure out how they're actually going to get in the tomb, but they're determined they're going to do it somehow, some way. But then behold, when they get to the tomb, that big boulder's already rolled back. What's going on? What's going on? What's happening? Where's the soldiers who were here yesterday? Where are they? What's happening? They walk into the tomb. And instead of seeing Jesus' dead body there, there is an angel from the Lord. We know that because he's decked out in brilliant white clothing. The word that Mark uses here in the Greek, it means brilliant, bright. It's not just white, it's bright white. It's a glowing white. And so the women know this is not any ordinary man. This is not just somebody from the city who's out there uh, to give them direction. No, this is an angel from the Lord. The angel of the Lord is there to testify to them, Jesus whom you seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified he's not here he's not here because he's been risen from the grave he has risen he's not here just like he told you you remember remember back a few days ago gals remember when he he told you that he was going to be raised from the dead that he was going to be crucified dead and buried and put in the tomb but then three days later he would rise from the grave remember that remember that he did it he is risen he is not here and he says see behold look you remember you remember joseph Remember Joseph and Nicodemus when they brought Jesus in? They laid him right here on this shelf. Remember? Look, he's not here. Oh, here's his grave clothes. His grave clothes are all still here. Here's even the, the, linen, the, the linen wrapping that was around his head. See, see it? See? Look, see, he is not here. So the angel testifies to the fact that Jesus is not there. Jesus has risen. And then he points the women to see, to be witnesses. And the women witness. In fact, they were the first to witness the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now this threefold witness of the women, right? Because the women were there every step of the way. They witnessed the death of Jesus. They witnessed the burial of Jesus. And now they're the first to witness the resurrection of Jesus. They are the first witnesses. And the women's witness is significant to the reliability of the four Gospels' record of Jesus' resurrection. Why is that? We don't get that today. Why is that so significant because in the first century, in first century, especially first century Judaism, women were not considered reliable witnesses. 
Now, we find that kind of offensive today, but in that day, it was just the way it was. Women were not considered reliable witnesses. First century historian Josephus, for example, said, But let not the testimony of women be admitted on account of the lividity and boldness of their sex. That was just their opinion, right? That was their thought process. Women were not considered reliable witnesses. The Gospels' agreement of these women being the first witnesses to the resurrection is strong evidence, strong historical evidence of the truth of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If the disciples were just merely trying to fabricate a, a story to, to make some new religion, they would not have made women their primary witnesses to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They wouldn't have. They wouldn't have written it that way. They would have been laughed out of the court if they, they, they relied on the witness of women in that day. But the fact that all, the four, all four gospel writers record the first witnesses to Jesus' resurrection were all women is evidence that what they're saying is true. If it were just men making up a story, they would have said, no, Peter and John, they were the first ones there and they were the first ones to see that Jesus had been raised from the dead but that's not the case all four of them testified to the fact that women were the first ones to witness the resurrection of Jesus Christ showing us that the testimony of scripture is true it is true the angel testified the women witnessed but we also have the empty tomb don't we the tomb itself was empty Think about that. Had the, tomb been, had the tomb not been empty, the Sanhedrin council, who wanted Jesus dead in the, to start with, if the disciples came out and said, oh no, he's been raised from the dead, if the tomb weren't empty, all the Sanhedrin would have to say was, no, 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 here's his tomb. Here's his tomb, come and see, here's his dead body. But they couldn't do that. They couldn't do that. And in fact, another gospel tells us that they, they themselves come up with the, their own story. They tell the soldiers to spread the rumor that his disciples came at night while they were asleep and stole his body away. Now, we've already talked about what happens to soldiers when they don't accomplish their task. Had that been true, the soldiers would have been put to death, but the Sanhedrin guarded them because the Sanhedrin knew it was a lie. But the Sanhedrin couldn't point to a dead body because a dead body was not there. There was no dead body. Jesus is risen. Jesus is risen. Jesus Christ, the King of the Jews, died, was buried, and has risen from the dead. The evidence is there. 
the evidence of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is astounding. So much so that we could point to critic after critic after critic who have been converted to Christianity because they tried to prove that Jesus really did die and was not resurrected. But when they began to look at the evidence, people like Lee Strobel, people like Josh McDowell, when they began to weigh the evidence, they came to believe. Because all of the evidence shows that Jesus Christ was crucified, dead, buried, and raised again. Jesus Christ has been resurrected. The evidence is there. So what are we to do? What are we to do with this evidence? Mark provides a call to respond, doesn't he? He provides this call to respond. And the angel, as the angel addresses the women, notice what he says there. The angel looks at them and he says, Do not be alarmed. You see Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He has risen he is not here. See the place where they laid him. First of all, he shows us, see and believe. We must see and believe. We must look at the, the overwhelming amount of evidence of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and we must see it and believe it. Like those women, we need to look at the empty tomb, and we need to see Jesus is not there. And we need to believe that he has been resurrected from the dead. Dear friend, if you're here today and you're struggling, that's just not ordinary. That's just not something that we see happening. That, that never happens. Look at the evidence. See the evidence and believe Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins in your place he paid the full penalty for your sin believe that and put your faith in jesus christ see and believe and then go and tell but go tell his disciples and peter that he is going before you to galilee the angel tells us today see and believe and go and tell Dear friend, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you believe He has been resurrected from the dead, you have nothing to do but to go and tell others. Share the good news. Spread it far and wide. Man, there's a world out there around us who are living in darkness. They are dead in their trespasses and sins, but they can experience resurrected life if they will only see Jesus and believe in Him. But they need somebody to go and tell them. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing through the word of Christ. But how are they to hear if nobody tells them? How are they to hear if nobody goes and tells? Don't let your friends, family, Loved ones, neighbors, co-workers, 
continue walking in death. Don't let them die and go to hell when you have the good news of life. Go and tell Jesus is risen. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you today that the tomb is empty, that Jesus is no longer there. He died on that cross for us in our place. He paid the full penalty and now has been raised again. Lord, thank you. Praise you that Christ has risen. Oh Lord, if there's any today who never trusted in Jesus, they've been struggling with the resurrection. Oh Lord, let them see the evidence. Let them weigh the proof of the resurrection. Let them look to Jesus and believe. And Lord, for all of us who do believe, Lord, let us be faithful. We have the words of life, the good news of Jesus Christ. Let us be faithful to go and tell this lost world about salvation in Jesus Christ. These things I pray in Christ's name. Amen.